welcome to the 13th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me, as always, is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? Good. So this week, I thought we could talk about auctions, a couple that mm-hmm. one that just ended and one that just started. So the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund Phase 1 auction just concluded. And then we'll also talk about the C-band auction that just started. So to start out, the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund is a reverse auction where the FCC has reserved up to $16 billion for companies to bid on building out broadband in underserved areas. Ultimately, this phase of the auction allocated about $9 billion. And I thought there were some pretty interesting winners. So to kind of top out the top list, there were LTD Broadband LLC got about $1.3 billion. Mm-hmm. CCO Holdings LLC, which is Charter Communications, got about $1.2 billion. Rural Electric Cooperative Consortium got about $1.1 billion. SpaceX got $885 million. And then Windstream got $522 million. And then it kind of drops off after that. But what do you think about these winners and, and, and what, what can we learn about yeah, I think each of them are pretty uh, interesting examples. LTD, for example, they provide service in southern Minnesota right now, like Rochester, which is the home of Mayo, all the way over to Mankato and a little bit north towards Minneapolis. They got, I think, most of the money out of Minnesota, which got like the third most money of all the states after California and Illinois. And then they grabbed also money in Iowa and Wisconsin. So they're going to use this to to really expand that there. Charter, you know, we talked about charter as part of the CBRS auction, right? We talked about that they would probably use this for both offload and expanding their footprint. Well, this is the expanding your footprint part, right? So a good part here of what they're getting back from the FCC is what they invested in CBRS, and then they have some left over, right? Yeah, so they spent, I believe it was $458 million on CBRS, and they've been awarded for RDOF $1.2 million. So it seems like that's a a reasonable investment, all things considered. Yep. So Charter is doing a lot of smart things. So basically, they got the spectrum to offload their heavy traffic for free. And they are getting more customers on top of it. So that's really smart, right? Then SpaceX, you know, you and I talked offline about that. If For them, it was a big victory because the question was, will their latencies hold up? And I think they showed like one result where the latency actually held up and the FCC was fine with that and gave them 800 million over 10 years. Okay, that's like 10% of what it costs to build the network. So at least it's something, it's a start. And Windstream, well, Windstream is and has been always one of those wireless ISPs. And so they're expanding on, on that as well. So another name I saw on the list, Rural Electric Cooperative Consortium. Oh, yeah. I know you've you've written in the past about how electric companies or utilities are often well positioned to offer broadband 
probably more so than cities and municipalities. Do you want to talk a little bit about what they're doing here? Yeah, so the electric cooperatives go back to the New Deal from the Roosevelt administration, right, in the 1930s. And so they have been instrumental in electrifying rural America. They have a history of service. They have a history of making their customers happy. And here, and we talked about it a lot that, and written about it, that they are very well positioned to use their, their customer relationships to extend that to broadband. And here they are, right? And so I think this is one of those areas where cooperative and public ownership actually makes a lot of sense, where they are well positioned to execute on that and, and we have really good results. And so I'm, I'm very happy that they won this much and are building out now their footprint with more internet. So Ardoff, there are 10 years of payments for these companies. They need to build out up to 40% of their coverage area within the first three years, and then an additional 20% each following year. So they're at 100% coverage. The milestones are 100% coverage by six years. So this isn't going to happen overnight, but it'll be interesting to watch to see how this progresses, particularly for technology like Starlink from SpaceX that's relatively new. The the clock is now ticking for them to develop that and, and iron out all the kinks, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you don't make the, I don't think for 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 Starlink the the problem is the geographic coverage, right? Because when you have your satellites up, they are up, and that gives them full global coverage. Their problem is the speed and the latency requirements that also come with this. Yeah, eighty eighty five percent gig speeds, and ninety eight percent at least a uh, hundred megabits down, I believe is two megabits up. And that basically evens out for these people. After this, there's no digital divide for these people. Those are the speeds that you get in the major metropolitan areas. And I think that's really critical to stop the, or at least slow down the rural to urban migration that we have had in this country for more than 100 years. So we'll keep an eye on Ardoff. The other auction that we wanted to talk about is the C-band auction. So Mm -hmm. this is a very anticipated event, primarily because the frequencies that are being auctioned off are directly applicable to the 5G build-out plans that all the carriers have. So specifically, uh, the C-band auction is 280 megahertz between 3.7 gigahertz and 3.98 gigahertz. It was formerly satellite spectrum that's been cleared. And it's mid-band spectrum, which is important because it's really in that Goldilocks zone between propagation characteristics and and amount of spectrum that can really drive faster 5G speeds. What I think is really going to be interesting about this particular auction is that the relative spectrum holdings of the big three carriers are very different, right? So T-Mobile's got quite a bit of mid-band spectrum. AT&T and Verizon don't at this point. So how they bid in this auction, I think, is going to be very important to their kind of long-term 5G deployment plans. What are your thoughts on C-band? Well, when we look at C-band, it's, uh, you know, as you mentioned, 3.7 to 3. Point, almost 4, 4 gigahertz. That's right in the global roaming band for 5G, which is between 3 and 4.2. So this will give us 
that, as you mentioned, that Goldilocks zone. It's not as goldy as 2.5, right? T-Mobile will have a, a significant propagation advantage because they're in 2.5 and that signal goes further. They also have more spectrum, right? With 130, 140 megahertz than what probably any of the winners will get. And I think what's very interesting is I think the A block has been or is being cleared right now. Then the, the next ones are coming in 23. And so that will make the bidding really interesting of what will be the premium to get the spectrum essentially one year earlier. I think we have the usual suspects here bidding, right? Verizon, who who really needs that because on low band, they are very constrained because in auction 66, they made the calculation that it was cheaper to split cell sites than buy spectrum. And that's why they set it out for a lot long time. And I think that it's one of the few miscalculations that Verizon has made on network design and, and spectrum. I think AT&T will be able to, to need more. We have DISH, right? I think DISH will be here. And then I think we will see the cable companies uh, also bid on this. And then you have T-Mobile as the opportunistic spoiler that can come in and throw stones at people and, and pee in everybody's cornflakes if they want to. Well, and T-Mobile is registered for the auction and, and they can drive up the prices if they if they decide to bid on any of these markets right so exactly it's, it's, and it's exactly. likely likely that they will do that yeah and and i think you looked already at the first results right yeah i took a look at the first couple rounds there was pretty good demand the usual suspects uh from a market perspective that tend to have the most heavy bidding were present so your new york's and la where there's really a lot of pops covered, those are always really hot tickets. And oftentimes, some of the most hotly contested markets are the ones that are the most dense. So nothing as of yet in the first couple rounds that, that's really out of the ordinary from a bidding perspective. Typically, what I've seen in the past with these auctions is you get the you know heavy population markets bid up very quickly and then are resolved. And then participants will kind of progress down to lower lower population markets. So there were some markets that hadn't been bid on yet, but my expectation is that once things are settled in the more dense, more important markets from a total coverage perspective, that they'll they'll start bidding on the secondary and tertiary markets as well. Yeah, New York is always and a lot of people are aware of the importance of New York, but they're not aware of the importance of New York. In, in past auctions, just the New York market alone was somewhere between half and two-thirds of the total value of the auction. So we will all look at here at New York, because New York will get very interesting, because you don't have already Verizon, you know, which for, for, for Verizon, it's the home market, right? So they always bid heavily on New York. You have AT&T. You have... Charter Comcast, they are headquartered in Stamford and in uh, Philadelphia. So they have a lot of customers there. This, the same picture. So it, New York will, will probably be, be very, very competitive again and will drive up the, the price. Right. 
So we'll keep an eye on this. Usually there's two or three rounds uh, per day. I think this will end like in January. Mid to late January would be my expectations because we will break before Christmas. And this usually has like, what, 100 and something rounds usually is what most auctions have. Right now, it's like, as you mentioned, four rounds. But I think in later stages, the number of rounds actually goes up per day. And that keeps the auction teams busy. Yep. All right. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks, Roger. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. You know, talk to you next week.